0: Here are your hosts, Chase Palm, And broadcast school has really paid off. Auntie. And Neil McCrady. I deserve to be on TV.
2: Hello and welcome to One Crazy Football Game, One Crazy Night. I'm Chase Parham here for the MPW Digital Post Game Show presented by Dead Soxie. Jeffrey Wright waiting in the queue. I'll go to him in one second, but I was going to ask how you guys are doing, but I'm sure your your hearts are pounding. You've had uh, quite the exhilarating last few minutes, Ole Miss knocking off LSU 55 55- 49 in Oxford, a, uh, a game with tons of offense. Both teams going over 1,000 yards there in the uh, in, in the first three quarters before the end of the third quarter. Both teams combining for over 1,000. Ole Miss coming back from a uh, deficit, scoring, getting the ball back, scoring again, and then holding off LSU with a ball in the end zone on the last play after – Frankly, a bit of a mistake there. You could have just kicked the field goal uh, there inside the five-yard line. Could have taken some of the drama out. But instead, uh, one crazy game, almost we'll moving to four and one on the season. Typically, I have the uh, I have the inst- the rapid reaction stuff coming up. But the way that game ended, I decided to talk to you guys. So I'll write when it's over. We'll get it all done. But if you're waiting on that, I decided to uh, to hit this button. So uh, we'll jump into it in a second. First, we're always doing this because of Dead Soxy. You know you get 25% off with uh, Dead Dead Soxie for your socks. Attention Rebel fans, life is a series of moments. Electric highs, steady middles, and challenging lows. The up and down Dead Soxie support for Ole Miss stands strong. Commitment's not a flash in the pan. Takes perseverance. And at Dead Soxie, the commitment runs deep. More socks are crafted by Rebels for Rebels. Visit DeadSoxy.com and get your sock subscription. Read the product you want off the field while contributing to the product on the field. Additionally, enjoy 25% off orders with code REBELGROVE. To fill those immediate needs and always stay soxy. So again, appreciate Dead Soxy for uh, for coming on there as uh, as well. Again, we'll uh, we'll get Jeffrey on the horn here in a uh, second. Just saying, said uh, just a uh, just a crazy game. So get him here. It may take a second to get the audio working, but give me a minute. I know you guys aren't going anywhere. So give me a second, and we'll get it. We'll get it. Uh, we'll get it going.
3: Really probably Jeffrey,
2: you are alive. How are you?
1: Uh, we are just discussing. I don't know if you saw the deal that Kelly had at restaurant. Iris. It was three dollar neat or for every Ole Miss, uh, nine dollars for every LSU touchdown. Uh, I'd have to say that was a pretty drunk bar at restaurant Iris.
2: I, I can't imagine what that was uh, looking like there. How, how, how's your how's your better half doing? She hanging in okay tonight, Jeffrey?
1: Uh, so the last possession we fed josie like we were trying to we were trying to schedule it to where we'd feed josie put her down before the show would start and essentially they get the first the i don't know how long was that pass play 35 yards what was the the lsu's pass play was what
2: yeah sh- sure 35 sounds good i mean it went from the 20 to the 33 so no it was actually more than that they got down to the 33 off that play
1: it was a 42-yard pass play, I think. Uh, 40, yeah, 42. So after that, she's like, because I'm holding Josie at this point, trying to like burp her, and then she just like grabs her out of my arms. He goes, I can't watch. <laughs> Heads back to the back. Um, I mean, I, I think you got to give Ole Miss all the credit because I think most Ole Miss fans out there would agree. When you saw the dropped interception, you thought for sure they were losing. You thought after the horse collar, you were trying to figure out if there was a way that maybe LSU could score fast enough to give you the ball back and maybe get changed. And then you're probably looking at the you're looking at the clock just thinking, no, there's no way like, you know, why? Why me? Why me? But I give I give them all the credit in the world because, you know, I thought some of the big things that happened there at that last sequence, I thought you saw a couple of times they drew the false starts, you know, they, mm-hmm. they, they shifted quickly. And I thought it was probably a bad decision by Daniels and, uh, the silent to do the hard clap, to do the, Like I just I just think when you're on the road down then, and especially when you've just been out people, if you will, like you just had, you just had guys that couldn't cover. I, I just didn't think getting a free five right there would do you anything. Um, but, you know, I think when you really think about this game, to me, what it really comes down to is you can kind of sense, you can sense early neither team was going to have a ton of answers for the other. And so I kept thinking, all right, this game's going to basically come down to who is able to finish drives better. And if you look at it, LS 13 drives and scores on seven of them. Ole Miss has 12 drives and scores on nine of them. And I think that's kind of why you're seeing Ole Miss celebrating tonight, and LSU going back, thinking what could have been.
2: Yeah, look, there's so many things here, I and mean, I'm, I'm kind of doing a, a, a Mike and Mike in the morning type setup just for everything. I mean, Ole Miss goes crazy from a total yardage standpoint; they go over 700 yards for uh, for the game. Jackson Dart has a uh, has a hell of a night there from an individual standpoint. Going to uh, just quickly. Some stats on that. He goes uh, 26 for 39 for 389, four no interceptions. Also avoided uh, sacks all night, too. Really moved around in the pocket, really, really well. And that all miss just runs the hell out of it. They go uh, 49 rushes, 317 yards, three TDs on the ground. Judkins 33 for 177 along a 37. And then Bentley giving them nine rushes and 90 yards, including that 43 yard scamper for a touchdown early. Dart adds 50 on the ground. They did so many. Things offensively is they look healthy for you know, frankly, the first time all season. Trey Harris 8 for 153, Dayton Wade 7 for 64, Watkins 5 for 103. I mean, just on and on and on and on from an old miss standpoint here. Total yards 706 for the uh for the rebels, 637. For LSU, Ole Miss with 32 first downs, LSU with 33 first downs. I mean, just offense galore and just kept answering, kept answering, kept answering. You know, you don't get the two-point conversion. You still kind of keep coming. And then, look, Jaden Daniels had a hell of a night. He he laid it in there multiple times. He got down the field multiple times, threw perfect balls to Thomas and to neighbors. But the defense shows up and gets those two or three stops late to give them a shot. And then Caden Davis hits his field goals to kind of keep pace. Because it, it's going to get overshadowed a little bit. But LSU had a 28-6 run there at one point. Where, I, I tweeted this, it felt like it was back and forth, but it really wasn't back and forth. It was 28-6 LSU after Ole Miss had been up 28-14. I mean, it was there was something for every unit for Ole Miss to come out of this thing and go, wow. They, they just kept coming and kind of got it done.
1: Yeah, I, I completely And you got agree a bad whistle from
2: the from the refs a couple times, too, because that was not a touchdown in the end zone.
1: I agree that it wasn't a touchdown. I also think that wasn't a two-point conversion. I think that was a yeah. – I think, I think they I uh, I think his knee was down. He didn't – well, you know, it's kind of my whole thing. It's like I, I get it. Like I, I've always just been of the school like bad calls happen. Like they do. Like they just do. And to me, the difference between, you know, I, I, I credit teams that don't let that affect them. Like, I, I credit Ole Miss for dropping that interception and not letting that crumble them. Because that's a team. And stopping those receivers was just such a difficult proposition all night. And I credit them keep going, keep going, keep going. Because I really did think, you know, it's not only... Just they don't get the two point conversion. LSU went right down and scored. I mean it was like that. And so you're sitting there and you know, when did that next drive start? I think there's probably what seven minutes maybe on the clock. Uh, I'm trying to pull it up. They're eight eight twenty-four on the clock. You're right. It I don't know, I felt like the whole game, even when Ole Miss was up fourteen. Didn't that feel like that was the type of – that's the enthusiast 14-point lead you can ever mm. see. And I would honestly say the same thing had LSU had the 14-point lead. It just felt like neither team was really capable of stopping the other without the other team kind of screwing up. And, like, I thought a really big play – you know, I, if I'm Lane Kiffin and I see on that down before the final drive for Ole Miss – And I see the running sprint out and like, I'm sitting there going, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you know, I'm not saying like getting Jaden Daniels on the edge is a a bad play, but everyone knows what you're going to do at that point. You're going to try to, you know, run, run the outside receivers inside, run the little rub play. And Ole Miss had guys in position and they got, got a little pass rush. And to me like, that's, the second half like Olmus's defense was far from perfect but Olmus didn't punt in the second half they did have the turnover on downs and LSU punted twice and Olmus wins by a score
2: you know what? One thing too. to me, there's so many things we can talk about here, but you know, they they have to get that drive. They have to get down there. Like I said, I, I th- woman, well, I don't think Lane was wanting him to go down at the one or two and kick the field goal and avoid that entire final possession where you're basically kicking an extra point to win the L- game. Let's
1: talk about that play. Yeah, sure. I, the obviously the the right the correct play is to go down. I at first I thought they were letting him score when they showed the replay. Mm. No, I think they just slipped like. That's a bad, like, they were missing tackles all night, and I, I really do not think that was a let them score play. Because like, you saw, like, he broke, the first guy on the inside broke back and flipped that way, and mm-hmm. then the second guy just... And so, I, I do know the correct play there is, but it's like, I don't... It wasn't like they're coming out of the timeout. Like, they're coming out of a timeout saying, hey, if you get it in the open field, go down, go down. Like... That was a play where I actually think they were playing defense. I think, I to me, that's the other big story. When is the last time an LSU secondary was this bad? They're
2: they they they, they don't because you I know mean, look here's the thing. Ole Miss even didn't notice a couple of the blown coverages. I mean, oh, you know, late in the first yes. half, right there, Dayton no, like, Wade is just it, running with his arm. Yeah, he's They're just doing this the whole mate. way. Yes, I agree. mean, there's no doubt about that. You know, and, and, and it, the thing with it is, and I mean, it, again, it worked out. I was surprised they put the ball in the air at all. When they get down there to like the 14, 15 or whatever, you kick the, kick the field goal, I think I hand that thing to Judkins or I even have Dart just sort of quarterback sneak two times, make them burn both timeouts. Then you can run the clock down to like five seconds and kick the field goal.
1: I'm, I go back and forth on that. I hate putting the I hate I hate You hate setting the, the kicker decision. up for a last second kick. Correct. Okay. Like I to be clear, unless it's like a situation where we have thirty five seconds and we've gotta go, you know, our best chance to score is to get a kick. Like but in that situation when you're down there like last week, Clemson, I hate when you get down there and you're controlling the game, you're just play for the field goal. Like I but at the same time, I do recognize that might have been the only opportunity where you could make sure LSU didn't get the ball back. So, Well, and that, basically, I, I you know,
2: they were playing for like a 40-yard field goal, and Trey Harris is just a freaking beast. And he just took off and made a yeah. play.
1: And, and I give him credit because all night, you know, there was a couple of throws where he's like just coming on the, the big shot throws. It was like just coming up short. Guy knocks it out last night. But he stuck with it, and Jackson stuck with it. And they hit the one that mattered. That, that big throw to set up everything, like that's the one that mattered, where they went one-on-one right over the top. I'm not even talking about the touchdown play. I'm talking about the mm-hmm. one-up sideline. And that was just a, a – I, I credit them for not getting away from it and sticking with it because that was going to be the type of shot they were going to need.
2: Yeah, you would, you would have been relying on a college kicker and a college snapper and holder because you had to you would have had to have run all three plays to get the clock down to basically five seconds left to kick because again you had to burn both timeouts and then run the clock down so it would have been fourth and goal it would have been fourth down when you kicked the field goal you wouldn't have had anything to play with there so I I, I get it and it, like I said it worked out I mean you you trust your defense to thirty nine seconds but then they get down to the thirty three after a play and it is what it is but. Um, I, this is something for Pete on Thursday when he does Pete's pigskin preview before Arkansas because we got plenty of time to talk about the Razorbacks after their game against a today, but. They had some change, you know. Lane kind of hinted at this. He mentioned the potentially a change-up in scheme. They went to a ton of duo. They got a bunch of double teams up front. They really changed their up front offensive line package, and it paid off. I mean, they ran the ball like crazy. Judkins looked good. Bentley, as long as he doesn't fumble, is absolutely an SEC back. I thought he had some really good cuts, so some good physicality tonight on his part. But they did some different things in the run game in. It all seemed to work. I mean, I, I, th- I thought it was a really good plan up front. And then Dart, again, just had a hell of a day. I mean, I, it, it's going to get overshadowed by the passing yards. And I mentioned it a minute ago when I was rattling off stuff. But his ability to move in the pocket tonight and avoid sacks, to keep them on schedule as much as possible, I think that was the kind of underlying performance of the game. Because if they ever get off schedule during that run, they're going to kick field goals. They're going to punt. I mean, you saw that. It happened two or three times off those holding penalties. Dart kept everything flowing in a positive direction. I mean, he, he, he kind of he kind of did his Ole Miss lore game tonight.
1: No, there's no question that's his signature win, but I would also add on top of that, you finally saw why they were so aggressive going to get Caden Preescorn. Think about – I mean, I can remember off the top of my head at least three, like, third and longs where, mm. you know, it's like 13, 14 yards That's kind of what killed Ole Miss this whole year. Basically, when they got to third down, it was like, all right, punt team, get out there. Well, tonight, they started converting more and more third downs, and I thought he was a huge part of that.
2: Pre-scoring goes three catches for 41 yards, and all three of them were just
1: huge catches. Just huge. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they were all third down grabs.
2: Yeah, he gets uh, 15 after the catch. Had had uh, four targets, so three or four when you were uh, going to him. They didn't get much from anybody uh, else. Bentley know. had one catch for seventeen. Franklin had one for seven. Judkins had one for four, but it was a hell of a one. It was a touchdown on fourth down to start the game.
1: I, I I'm not picking on him because he's not here, and I'm sure they did change some scheme and and they, and they made adjustments. You see why I said on Thursday, I believe Alabama's defensive front's better than LSU's defensive front. Like, they don't get the accolades. LSU, always, for whatever reason, LSU defenders always get, like, way more hype. But when you, if you go back and you watch that Alabama tape, those all three of those guys are just maulers. And maybe they don't have the big stats, but they just blow stuff up in the pocket. And you saw tonight, like, Perkins had a fine game, but, like, did you ever feel like, oh, my God, this guy's, like, wrecking things? mm hmm and when I watched Alabama play, I thought all three of those guys was like you cannot block them.
2: You know what I found interesting about Harold Perkins because I got no way multiple Perkins on the field. One the thing about Harold Perkins is, you know, he played seventy two snaps against Arkansas last week, and I'm not saying they had him on a pitch count tonight, but there was multiple drives where he wasn't in the game, including the opening drive. I mean, the last like eight or nine plays of that drive, he wasn't even out there.
1: Yeah, did he get banged up? Like I know there was like the play. There was the play, I think. Like, I can't remember if it was like the the touchdown where it cut it to two, but it fell on top of him, and there's like a play where he got banged up. But I, like again, like I'm not saying like I do understand why. I thought at first during the off season when some people would say, you know, he's going to be a little bit different player when he moves to linebacker and whatnot. Like it's a lot different when he can wreck things from the outside. But I, I kind of thought they were being a little contrarian. I mean, you see, like, he's not a complete football player. He's obviously – you'd rather have him than not. But, like, I, I did see what a lot of the people were saying about, you know, playing him playing him as a true linebacker.
2: What did you think of Ole Miss up front tonight? How much line? How much backs? I mean, again, I mean, 300 and whatever on the ground there. And, I mean, not a ton. Of, I mean, they had top plays, but it wasn't crazy.
1: I thought good enough, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't think they were – you know, Jackson would get pressured. Um, but, you know, I, I thought they were – I, if you get that type of line play the rest of the year, you're going to be in probably every game with the exception of uh, – I'm coming to the conclusion this offense is just a – it doesn't it matches up well against almost every team but you see what Georgia did to Tennessee last year and you kind of saw what Alabama did to them and i know people go well Tennessee lit up Alabama it's like that was like a career day for Jalen Hyatt and 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 Hendon Hooker but i'm just starting to think like this offense works against pretty much everybody else but if you've got if you've got like defenses that can basically just maul the line of scrimmage, and then you've got DBs that are good enough to just straight up play man, and especially, uh, you know, play man, and then they can just tackle immediately. You you see like, I think about how think about how much easier it was to start drives for Ole Miss because LSU's DBs just wouldn't you know blow the play up immediately as soon as they would flip it out on a uh you know a little bubble screen. Mm-hmm. Everything got going a lot easier tonight for Ole Miss.
2: I mean, I've got I've got Brian, I got Neil coming up. Let's skip ahead a little bit. Arkansas next week, Ole Miss going to have to, I mean, put this away or whatnot. Razorbacks did not play very well in Arlington today. Texas A&M covers the game. Um... You know, I thought early on Arkansas got some breaks to kind of hang in there and keep it close. And you thought, okay, maybe they still won and make this thing competitive into the fourth quarter. They uh, they they're tied in. Hurt his shoulder. He's not going to play next week. I would almost be certain. It looked like that thing was going to be a separation or a break there with with the collarbone or a shoulder with him. Um, they had a linebacker go down at one point. Uh, they're coming off their third straight loss now. I'm kind of doing the math in my head for uh, for the Razorbacks. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's BYU, LSU, and now Texas A&M. What, uh, what, what's that look like next Saturday night?
1: So, it, to me, it's kind of the same thing, like, what I'm trying to remind everybody. It's like, all right, why did I have, like, was I picking Ole Miss the homer? No, like, I, it can be week to week. And what you have to understand is everything's oftentimes going to be a matchup. The key difference to me this week and, like, where I would be, like, hand up where I was wrong in Arkansas is you saw very clearly they could not run the football. Do you have a ton of faith that Ole Miss is just going to line up and stop the run next week?
2: Well, it's, it's that, and then Jeff, you know, Jefferson can hit some deep balls. Because, I mean, if Ole Miss loses that game and you don't change anything but one ball in the end zone there late, what we're, we, we would be doing right now is we would give all the offense the credit that we still gave them. But defensively, we'd be spending a lot more time on they could never get to Daniels, they couldn't pressure with a traditional rush, and then when they brought guys, he was elusive enough with his feet to make plays in the middle of the field, whether it be designed or a scramble situation. And Jefferson can mimic some of those things. Um I don't think the matchup though is any worse than LSU for the most part. I think I think I think Ole Miss is in better shape than they were against LSU for sure because Jefferson's not as dynamic as Daniels. And then you know, look, I I, and, I and think Arkansas he's, can be short on. Not
1: as, he's not as slippery as Daniels, mm-hmm. uh, and he's not. I mean, Daniels as an NFL passer, the problems he has is not literally letting the ball go and throwing it. The problem that he has is the speed that he processes. Like, he kind of waits to see guys get open, then he throws it. But KJ Jefferson doesn't make, I mean, three of those touchdown throws, you're just sitting there going like, whatever. Like, the one-handed one Mm -hmm. before the half, you're like, like, I would love to sit there and crap on Ole Miss's defense, but it's like, what are you you supposed to do? Like, like, if he puts the ball there and the guy makes a one-handed grab, like, sometimes, like, Good offense beats, you know, good offense beats well-played defense. Um, but, you know, I mean, that's going to be the, that's going to be the theme of this year is, you know, can you get, you know, you have last week, I wanted to see whether or not Ole Miss would get off the mat. It did. And more importantly, not only did they get off the mat, there was several moments in this game where you're like, they're done. Like you just kind of thought, like, all right, this is over; they're done, and they weren't. Now the challenge is, all right, we've got Arkansas coming back. I do like the fact that Arkansas got them last year. I think that probably helps. Although, how many guys remember that? I don't know. Uh, uh, half the team. I don't know yeah, how, sure. how many guys. How yeah, many guys yeah, yeah. are still back? Half. I don't, but you know, I, I do think that helps. But you know, I mean this this is a classic you know, you see this all the time in college football team gets monstrous win the week before, and then is flat the next week. Um, you know, that's the challenge for Ole Miss. How do you avoid getting, you know, from being flat, but it's also, you know, on the, on the flip side of this, most teams right now are starting to deal with injuries as you just documented with Arkansas Ole Miss feels like the rare team where it's like, Oh, they're starting to get healthy now. And the fact that they're starting to get healthy—that's they're starting to look like what you were expecting them to look like at the beginning of the season, and so perhaps that works into their advantage. But I don't know. I mean, what do you? I don't know. What do you think the lines probably? Eh, Ole Miss see,
2: seven.
1: Ole Miss seven.
2: Yeah, that's my guess. I mean, look, I, you, you hit this in... <sighs> It's on a couple different fronts. I mean, you give almost all the credit in the world here because we we mentioned this, but I think it's worth highlighting for a second as we kind of go through some of these things. Because I'm pulling up the stat sheet, and you're right; it's it's that possession. They get the what was at least a fifty-fifty call on the offsides, and then the touchdown in the corner on the on the free play. Eight thirty-four to go. Forty-nine forty. You've fallen behind two possessions. You're getting it back. You haven't made a stop. You feel like you just kind of got screwed. They've stopped the play because stuff's getting thrown on the field. I mean, it was it was quintessential time that if you ever were going to quit, you could blame the yeah. officials and go. We gave it a hell of an effort, and it's just not enough. Damn it! And you could have done that right there. And it's what you know Lane has preached to. Was he did think this team has got some perseverance about them? That it's not last year's team when they definitely would have lost this football game because they would have quit. Um, I think Jackson Dart would would admit that he's been talking about it even after the two lane or even during the two lane game a few weeks ago. Um, and instead, you come back down and you just keep going and you get another stop. You do all these different things. I mean, that's a play that if Ole Miss turns this season into much of anything, that's the five minutes right there because. You yeah. drop this game and you kind of quit, and you don't come back up off the mat, and you lose forty nine forty or whatever it is you lose, and then you're you know you're a little more listless against Arkansas next week. The crowd's a little worse because that that's what Ole Miss did too here. They just bought a hell of a crowd next Saturday at six thirty. There, there there's not going to be well, any I mean, any, like, any like momentum lost. It's going to be a zoo next Saturday.
1: Because we talked about this, the risk. I never thought the risk was tonight. Like even after even after. Our, a pretty demoralizing type loss. And it's not that like, Oh, losing to Alabama is demoralizing. It's the fact that you went and your eyes told you that team's so gettable. Like that is like, if not now, when, and your offense only puts up 10 points. And for the most part, you're sitting there going like, what are they even doing? Like, did they practice? Like you, it was just one of those types of losses that really is deflating. Tonight really wasn't the risk. You saw everybody's going to go. All right, none of us were sitting here going, "This team's going twelve and zero. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna win the SEC, uh, move over Georgia, new kids in town." But if you had a, if you laid an egg tonight, that's for going. I got stuff to do. I, uh, I can go to you know, uh, I can stay at home. I can watch. You know, I got stuff to do around the house. Like you can start thinking of reasons to not go. But instead, you set the record tonight, and now everybody can't wait to get back there next week.
2: People are going wa- to be listening a lot of this in podcast form, so this game's already going to be over, but State is hanging here with Bama and kind of has them on. like, I'm not saying Bama's on the ropes or anything, but State has not played a bad football game tonight.
1: They've not played a bad ball game, and if you actually, I'm going to pull up stat because I'm having to, like watch, it, like, watch it out of the corner of my eye. I'm willing to bet statistically this thing might even favor them. Like Alabama's got a pick six, and then Milroe had a run where you're like, oh, my God, that guy's fast. Like it was just one of those reminders of like he is – God, he is so fast. Uh, yeah, State is basically playing with them on, you know, 135 yards offense to 144. Uh, neither team's – you know, State's held them to one of five on third downs. Uh, you know, I, I still think, I still think it, I think the longer, I think this Alabama team is going to be a lot like, um, honestly, more like maybe like the LSU save team where like the score is always going to be kind of close and you're going to feel like you're in the game. But the later the game goes, like they always just had a knockout punch for you. And I think that's kind of what this team's gonna be like, where the score's always gonna feel close, even your eyes tell you that maybe you're not as competitive. And then, you know, and then like, you know, if you think back to like, you know, they honor the 0-3 team tonight. Um, but like think back to that game's fairly close, and then right to start the fourth quarter they pile up shot played it. I think it was a Devery Henderson or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. And then bam, it's like the two score game. And it felt like they put it away. Like, I think that's what Alabama's is to be like, but what state has, uh, like at least state is acknowledging, like they're not going exclusively back to the air, but they are at least going like, they're trying to do things that Rogers can do. And then they're mixing in right in kind of the, the wildcat. It feels like a beautiful touching tribute to, Mullen when he would find one kid to just run to death and then the other kid would be his quarterback. Uh, it was, it's a very touching tribute there.
2: So last thing here from uh, from ULHU back at it, Jerry Duke, our uh, buddy with the Super Chat, says Jeffrey, currently waiting for the hospital to call us to induce labor. What's your best dad at the hospital advice? Hotty toddy. Uh,
1: get comfortable with living in that hospital room. Um, <laughs> I, I never... I never did. Um, It felt like prison. Um, I could. You bought a hotspot. I I literally yes. uh, Jared, if you haven't bought a hotspot, go take your Apple TV. Go buy a hotspot, and then you can stream Direct TV all day. And so I literally just like watched my TV uh, there. Also, uh, I think like you just have to realize like the number one piece of advice is like. Understand that you're, you are maybe as an offensive lineman, you're like you're, like do, do what you're told, like don't you know don't try to try to make plays on your own. Um, follow instructions, uh, and then just realize that like you are the least significant person. And maybe like being an offensive lineman there probably helps because like you're used to like <laughs> like just following the order, everyone else. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, it's the protection. All right, I got it. Like, like that's that's probably the best piece of advice. Bring bring Apple TV or Fire Stick, whatever whatever you use. Like, because you are going to get bored out of your mind.
2: And then sleep when you can sleep. If there's an opportunity to sleep when you can sleep, sleep. correct. Yes, that's uh, that's it. Appreciate it, bud. Let's hang out.
1: All right, guys. Y'all enjoy. Congratulations. Mm Howdy toddy y'all.
2: Jeffrey Wright joining us there, as he does every Thursday, and then obviously every uh, – I don't know why that's coming on. Sorry about that. I don't know what that's doing. Uh, every Thursday, and then for the uh, post-game show as well, have Brian call in in a uh, second. Had some other Super Chats here. Austin says, love you guys. Appreciate it there, bud. Sammy with one other. Other, appreciate that as uh, as well. Um, watching Duke, watching Michigan, watching um, – you can get regular size bin. You can get my polo. It is at uh, gentilapparel.com/mpw. It has little baseballs on it. Um, is what this one is. You can see there. It's little baseballs on on, on this polo. Uh, Brian has one that's a little darker blue. Also has the baseballs on it. So yeah, slash mpw to uh, to get this here uh, this here polo. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol, no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite teams, whether you're tailgating At the stadium, watching in a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate your game day experience and perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. When you're at your best, you can do great things, but sometimes life gets you bogged down and you may feel overwhelmed or like you're not showing up the way you want to. Working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you. Because when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything that life throws at you. Therapy can help clear your thoughts, and it's great to talk to somebody that doesn't have a lot of preconceived notions. Sure, you got family, you got friends, but maybe they have opinions or emotions that are not exactly what you need right now. So, if you're thinking of giving therapy of a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. And switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. So if you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MPW today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot slash M-P-W. Yeah, uh, Neil has not come in yet. He's not told me he's done. There was, it was pretty good pandemonium kind of on the scene there. So uh, I think the press conference probably took a minute, probably took a little while to get there to it as, uh, as well. So we'll uh, we'll see as w- what time he gets there. I see the Oxford Police Department has tweeted, "Pray for the square." God knows what that is like. Any of you guys on the square tonight? Uh, what, what, that's that's watching this. What's uh, what's going on? Because I, I have a feeling that is uh, that is quite the scene. Also, seeing here, they're saying avoid Highway Six West at Old Taylor. So if you're tr- if you're waiting to get off campus, if you're trying to do some of those things uh just be aware there i've seen oxford police department saying avoid uh west on uh off six toward old taylor at this point so um i don't know if that's a wreck i don't know if that's simply traffic jam with leaving i don't know what's going on but i uh i see that as uh as well so we'll get get brian in a second again we uh we'll have neil whenever he does get done with his uh his his obligations but just kind of recapping here again, Ole Miss winning this thing 55-49. Duke up on North, North, Notre Dame late. Okay, I'll flip over there. Um, yeah, I thought that was – the first two holes, Cousin Greg, great username by the way, uh, he's asking about Caden's hole there on the edge. He basically was blocking too well, and that's what happened. I mean, there, there's there's, there's nothing about that. It is, he was blocking too well at this point. So um, – Let's see, Daniel Kodo Chase, what do you think about rushing the field after beating thirteen? The way that game ended, I have no problem with it. It gave Lane by far his best win to date. Uh there's no you know, I I I got no issue with that. This isn't Colorado doing it against Colorado State. I have no problem whatsoever at that point for uh for that. That that that's not that's not bothering in the slightest. Um, did I miss a super chat? I see a couple things on there. If I did, somebody give me a, uh, a thought to that. Let me tell Brian he can call. Yeah. I mean, the hospital part of having a kid, I, I, I get, I understand it, but at the same time, uh, again, you can get comfortable. You're going to make some memories it's going to be a deal that uh is going to you know you look it's 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 only for a short period of time hopefully if everything's all right it's going to be all right i don't know why my camera just went away honestly so give me a second Hey. Brian, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm good. I'm trying to get us added in to the, uh, the the scene, and I don't know what's happened. I don't know why I went away. So, I think everybody can hear you, though, so we're okay. We'll figure it out. I don't know what's going on, but we'll we'll get there. Well, that's um, good. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like I said, the, uh, the cameras just did not go where they were supposed to go. Um... Okay, sorry. Anyway, again, I will. I'll, I'll get it figured out in a second, everybody. Um, Brian, I, start start here. You know, we talked to Jeffrey a bit about Ole Miss, about what was uh, this is meant to that. You know, LSU, a team with so many preseason accolades. everybody saying, "Hey, they're this. They're a possibility for this." All the different things that they could be here. This is a team now that it is not out of September yet, and their national title chances are completely done. They're finished. They are, and it's. I think
4: it's just kind of the harsh reality of what college football can be, particularly if you think about the fact that they were one of the last people to schedule a marquee preseason opponent, right? With this conference realignment thing, people kind of stopped doing the whole neutral site marquee game. They lose to FSU, and then they lose to Ole Miss. Do you think LSU's bad? I don't. I think LSU could still be a playoff team, but to your point, they're done from the current iteration of the playoff perspective, which kind of underscores what a bullshit sport this is in terms of the current playoff mechanism but hey this kind of is the way the game draws too right do you don't think that was just bad do you I
2: thought Ole Miss played almost a perfect game offensively oh offensively they were fantastic I mean whatever we say or don't say I, I don't think we can give Jackson Dart enough credit I mean we I've talked about it twice this was his moment and this was Lane's moment too in my opinion elaborate on that what do you what, what, what are you thinking about Lane for tonight Lane needed
4: a signature win, right after the uh, Alabama loss last week. You, you know, some stats started flowing out. I got fed one by Siski and Weldon, which was uh, not quite mathematically accurate, so I had to delete. So off of X or Twitter or whatever they're calling it these days. But point being, he didn't really have much of a signature win. And this was, I thought, the biggest game of Lane Kiffin's career. I thought, for different reasons, this is one of the biggest games of Jackson Dart's career, and they both shine. The offense was incredible. The offense was the reason they won the game, and Jackson Dart. Was 26 to 39 for four touchdowns and 389 yards. It couldn't have gone better for Ole Miss. And I thought this was a pretty pivotal moment in the Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss era.
2: Be honest, what did you think there at the end? Did you think it was uh, one of those situations where the LSU was going to score? Did you think it was going to stop them? I mean, what was sort of your thought processes those last five minutes?
4: Look, I'll be honest. I kind of diverted back to my childhood, so I wasn't going to the game. My cousin, about 45 minutes before the game, said, Hey, I got an extra ticket. We'll put you on the 20-yard line, close to where like the player's family sit. That's the first time since I've been in high school where I actually sat in the stadium, kind of down low, where I used to sit as a kid. And I looked at my cousin with about 35 seconds left when LSU crossed the 50, and I said, For our entire livelihood, Ole Miss has lost this game 100 times out of 100, and they won it. So... Um, I was not confident, to say the least, but hey, they they played very well.
2: Environment, it is the largest uh, it is the largest crowd in Ole Miss history. Uh, Sixty six, seven hundred six, I believe, was the number on that. Uh, just in general, atmosphere stuff. I mean, what would you think as far as the stadium?
4: I thought it was electric, and I uh, I know Paris Buchanan is not at Ole Miss anymore; he's gone to Auburn. But we talked about this a couple times. I think they've done a much better job of the fan engagement and the fan environment piece of it. I thought for whatever Vault Hemingway is, that's about as electric as an atmosphere as you could possibly have. Um, you know, I got those kids following me around this week for doing the documentary. And I was like, Hey, you know, if they win last week at Alabama, this is going to be a top three weekend. It'll still be pretty awesome. I don't know where it ranks on the spectrum of top atmospheres or top crowds, or whatever the case may be but it's certainly in the top 5 i thought
2: tonight was electric to be honest next week against arkansas i think i think with the time and everything i think i think we're talking 65 65- I mean, I think we're talking like a huge crowd again. I mean, I, I think, I think Ole Miss is going to have a really big chance to kind of consolidate this thing into a five and one start going into the off date. I mean, I, I, I it, What, what it was, I mean, it's not LSU in exactly the same ways, but considering Arkansas and the rivalry and the whole thing, I mean, this thing's going to be pretty, pretty nuts next week.
4: I got to ask you, though, but the, the second half between the penalty flags and kind of the way that second half drug on, what was kind of the vibe on the TV broadcast of like Ole Miss's chances of winning in that game before they actually punched that thing in for a touchdown?
2: You know, I thought the announcers were doing a job of trying to keep everybody engaged in it where they were expecting, you know, basically going, hey, this thing's still very, very, very possible. Like nobody give up. You know what I mean? Like almost kind of like willing things to. Hey, it's going to be an all right deal here. Like I, I thought that was, I thought that was one of the inter- more interesting things. Was that the, the broadcast was very much trying to, to sort of will it into existence that everything was cool.
4: Okay, so at most points in Lane Kiffin's tenure, when they get down double digit scores in the fourth quarter, to me it's kind of over. Did you think the game was over with eight minutes left when they were down nine?
2: I told Jeffrey this, I, I'm i giving Ole Miss as much credit as we can give an Ole Miss team for not giving up right there and just getting it back and staying focused. I mean, I, I think this bears repeating. I mean, like I said, I, I brought this up. It's probably what I'm going to write about tomorrow. Is That's one of those moments where I've seen it, not just, I mean, obviously in Ole Miss, but in sports in general, is... It took so much mental effort for Ole Miss to get to this point of staying in this game and staying in this game and staying in this game, and you had a lead early, and you blew the lead, and LSU goes on this 28-6 run, and all these things are going on, and it sort of felt like the night had completely gone against them at that point. They don't get the officiating call. Like I said... You know, look, Ole Miss did not get a good whistle at all. I mean, they ended up 115, 120 yards. I mean, it was a horrid whistle for Ole Miss tonight in in, in so many different ways. They don't catch any of those breaks, and yet they still hung in there and came back and got the ball. And, look, that's a credit to Jackson Dart offensively. It's a credit to the defense that you're getting crushed. Ole Miss is getting crushed all night from a defensive standpoint. I mean, you look at it – Yeah, I mean, I'm sitting here looking at it um, as I pull it up because I went over over dart stuff, but I didn't go over Daniels. 27 of 36, 414 yards, four touchdowns. He completes 75% of his passes. At one point, he completed like 21 of 22 or something and then had a drop. The Thomas kid goes for 124. Neighbors goes for 102. They run for 223. Ole Miss had a hard time getting Daniels down in the run game. All these different things are going on. And yet, yeah, I mean, it says here, tough as hell. Ole Miss just comes back and stays in it. I mean, that's that's physical tough. That's mental tough. That's a credit to Lane Kiffin and what he's been able to accomplish with this team at the same time, too. I mean, in and, and, and all seriousness, I, I, I mean, I'm sure there's an example, but down nine, down two possessions after the way your defense had played, you get the bad call from the officiating and the whole deal – and yet you just keep coming back. I don't know the last time I saw that type of perseverance from an Ole Miss football team.
4: I don't either, and I'm very curious. I know you watched part of it, press box, part of it on TV the second half. My opinion from watching it in the stadium, and again, that's honestly, in this weird day and age, the worst vantage point to watch a game, I thought – the Ole Miss defense—I didn't think they played great, but I thought Jaden Daniels was nearly perfect in that first half. Did the, the TV broadcast mirror the same vibe? He was—I mean, those first two touchdowns that LSU got, I was like, man, I don't really know what you do about that. He dropped it in the bucket. I thought Jaden Daniels played one of the greatest college games
2: I've seen in the last two years. He—he he had so many pinpointed throws, and he evaded pressure in so many different ways that you know, look, a couple times Ole Miss, I thought did a good job of getting in position to contain him, if that makes sense. Like, you know, they were sort of in the right spot, and he made an athletic play, and he did these things. And look, Ole Miss is not great at linebacker. I mean, let's not kidding. But at the same time, they sort of did a lot of right things and he just kept coming and kept coming and coming. But then you start over pursuing. You start doing things that take you out of the game once you don't have success inside the game. And then I thought that happened too. I thought it was one of those deals where, um, you know, Daniels kind of got hot and this kind of stuff happened. And then Miss started spinning a little bit. But for the most part, you know, it was just a it was a Daniel show, is what it was that what caused so much of that to happen. I mean, I sit here, you know, defensively for Ole Miss. Let's see, get to that. John Saunders leads Ole Miss with eight tackles, Trey Washington with seven, dejon Anthony with a six. And look, those two guys together, we have not even mentioned that on the show, however old the show is. That turnover early on is the only time they really stopped LSU in the first three quarters outside of, I think, one punt to that point. And Anthony knocks was, it loose. Washington yeah. falls on it. Um, there, there, there's that was such a huge play to let Ole Miss get that two score advantage early, and you know seize momentum that got the crowd involved. you had to, come, you know, burn a timeout there early on. Um, that was a that was an enormous play for uh, the Rebels. That you know when you when you come back again, we're going to keep talking about these fourth quarter plays and all these different things, and this being a, a game that kind of goes off into the history books a little bit, but. I, I do have to give them some credit right there early on to get that turnover and sort of allow Ole Miss to build a lead and give them some cushion. Because if you're just simply trading scores all day long, they kind of at least avoided that for the first half in a way that mattered. Absolutely.
4: And that was Dajon Anthony that forced that fumble, correct? Because at first I thought it was Cardi Coleman, so I'm screaming in the sand. It's so Anthony. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, multitude of reasons. But, hey – um, so second half, LSU was almost perfect offensively. Did that give you 2019 vibes at all? Where it was like Ole Miss cannot stop them; they're just going to have to do it. I mean, that LSU's op- offensive efficiency for about a quarter and a half there was unreal stuff, and it really didn't have anything to do with how bad Ole Miss was. They were just kind of precision perfect, in my opinion.
2: I, okay, I had. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you my, my my viewing experience here because I went to this game for a half. Um it's what I always do for home games is I stay for a half I kind of like get everything done and then I'll come and then I'll come get set up and, and and be ready when the game ends for the for the show and when I left the game i it, i tell you the game that made that made me most think of it and what I had in my mind was um old Mrs. over South Carolina in 20. When it was just score after score after score, and it didn't stop anybody. And I thought, okay, Ole Miss is, I was, you know, because LSU didn't two for one them right there at the right. end of the first half. They missed the field goal. I went, okay, okay, Ole Miss is okay. But in my mind, they had to win a game at that point that looked like that South Carolina game where you just outlast them and outscore them and keep coming. And it puts so much pressure, but at the same time, that's where you are and that's what you got. And it just is what it is. So I thought that's was what was going on. And then the two times that I audibly essentially screamed, um, because I was pretty locked into the game, was when again, when they scored the touchdown, it didn't go down because Jeffrey and I sort of talked through it, but I still know myself, I would have kicked the field goal, kicked the short field goal there to win and take that I don't want Jaden Daniels and Malik Neighbors on the field. There's just too many bad things that can happen with those dudes on the field. So I, I understand not putting it on your young kicker, but at the same time like you got to realize who's out there and who's and what's going on. So I would have done that, and then yeah, it's it's set in the stream when that horse collar happened, and they get was even closer, and they're going to get like not. three plays right there. It, it wasn't necessarily the big play down the sidelines. Was that once horse- I saw where they went out of bounds? I know it was the thirty-three, but once they got the horse collar, I went another flag, another thing, and then boom, there you go.
4: Was that actually a horse collar though? You talk about almost getting an unfavorable whistle, man. That the, the I don't know why we have replay. They Ole Miss is stingy about replays. The touchdown over in the right corner of the uh, north end zone. How, how is that called? How did the TV broadcast call that? I mean, the, uh, the,
2: they, I know I'm not. I, I may have missed it. I think that the the broadcast called that a horse collar the whole time. I think. Really? Yeah, I, I think so. Now I will give them credit. You know, they, they don't like always the go against the officials. In the right corner though.
4: How did do they what? justify that? The touchdown in the right corner
2: of the north end zone. The that announcers broadens- actually gave Ole Miss all the credit there and said that was not a touchdown, that the ball was, was, was incomplete. Because it was clearly incomplete. He did not have possession. Wasn't called that. Well, I'm aware. Thanks. But, yes.
4: I don't know. Ole Miss didn't get a friendly whistle. So, tonight, end of the game. I don't mean to come into the podcast back on you, but people start swimming the field all of a sudden with my cousin and – his uh, wife and she's like, get on the field. So all of a sudden, I'm walking around on the field, and not know what I'm doing. Did this feel like Alabama 2014, or is this different?
2: Oh God, no, 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 okay. no, 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 that's no, God, no, God, no. Hey, I'm not, I'm not crapping on the night. I was just curious. No, because I, that's what I said. I, I, I get why some people go, hey, what are they doing on the field? LSU was ranked 13th or 10th, whatever the hell they were. Um, but the way that game ended, the way that the the, the emotion was, I, I don't have a problem with that at all. Um, But no, 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 God, no. This had nothing to do with 13, 14. 14, that was a game that for so much was almost arriving on the scene. That was, hey, this recruiting class is doing this, and this is who they are, and Freeze gets the big win, and the whole deal. That's what that was. So no, no, no. The, the, you know, Ole Miss is already there. Ole Miss was in a was in a sugar Bowl two years ago. This was Ole Miss winning a hell of a football game. The nation was watching because I, I think it was Adam Kramer on, on on Twitter that said it was basically like cocaine. I mean, no, no, no. The the the, the 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 nation the nation's eyes were on your game because it was a crazy game with two high profile teams and you pulled off a win at home and you got Lane Kiffin and Scott Matlock. Thanks for the super chat there on the screen. He says Lane gets his biggest win at Ole Miss. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, no, because 80%. you know, we, we the options would be A and M in in twenty one. You know, I, I'm not look. I'm not counting Indiana. I get on paper. Indiana was ranked whatever, but the hell with that. That was a COVID bowl. That COVID doesn't count whatsoever. Tampa. No, no, no. So that doesn't count whatsoever. This is this is his big win. It gives him a chance too to absolutely. Um, you know he can build on this. I'm kind of doing this in my head as we're talking. They're gonna they have a chance to beat Arkansas next week. You get to five and one at the turn. Ole Miss right now four and one. Arkansas at home a game they should win. A game that they're going to absolutely. Be favored in by probably a touchdown. I think Jeffrey and I settled on somewhere around seven is what we think will open that, that that thing will open at next week. And then you get a bye week before you play an Auburn team that got into a rock fight with Georgia today, which is actually something I sort of expected. You know, I was I talked all week about I just didn't think Georgia could score points, totally. and Auburn's pretty good on defense, and that that could turn into a strange game. But Auburn can't score. I know I know Hugh called the plays today, and he did a pretty good job. But that's a very very winnable game. Ole Miss is in a good. He's in good shape right here. I mean, Texas A&M's got a backup quarterback. I know Georgia's still down the thing, but look, Ole Miss offensively, when Trey Harris and Caden Priestcorn are healthy, they're a dynamic offense. And it, it was said way up in the stream, Jordan Watkins deserves an amount of credit that he has not personally gotten yet because look, he's not a number one receiver. And he's had to play number one receiver for a lot of his time at Ole Miss because of just injuries and not having that go-to guy. And he's put up numbers. And he's he's dealt with the best defender on the other side. He's even been bracketed a few times. But you, when you allow him in this offense to not have the primary effort from the standpoint of, you know, look, Trey Harris is obviously commanding the, the top attention. And you let him be that number two guy, then you've got Dayton Wade that can get down the field and do some things in that standpoint. Watkins is really damn good. He's sure-handed. He runs good routes. He's in the right place. Um, Jordan Watkins is in good shape. Like, I, I think there's an extra layer that he probably deserves some applause that he doesn't get because he's not necessarily seen as this, you know, premier wide receiver even on his own team.
4: He and Dayton Wade were the maximum amount of what they are able to be. And Ole Miss, to reach their full potential, needed Harris. They needed – Franklin back. They needed pre-scoring back, but they were never in a 2021 position where it was at Auburn when Drummond goes out and you're like, my God, who the hell are they throwing the football to? Because of those two. Those two stabilized the receiving floor in a way they couldn't have. And again, not to commend in the show, but I'm very curious, the last question I have for you is, Ole Miss Lane Kiffin, that last eight minutes, how differently do we talk about the Lane Kiffin era if they don't win that game? I mean, that was as big of a swing... Of the last eight minutes, you could have in recent memory for me. I guess I'll ask you that way. How, how differently do you talk about the Lane Kiffin era if he doesn't win that game?
2: Um, I don't know. You know, the era, I don't know. Um, the season, though, and just the current snapshot of where you are. No, I mean, it's 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 beyond words. I mean, people in the stream can 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 chime in, but. No, they would be on back-to-back losses, back-to-back losses against the two highest-profile teams they have played to date. Um, they would be people all week going, well. I mean, they have three wins, but they were Mercer, Tulane, and Georgia Tech. And look, Georgia Tech lost to Bowling Green. At this point, I mean, all those different things. And instead, it it, it sets you up to consolidate it and have a and have a great opportunity. I mean, no, it it, it changes it changes everything with. With Lane's situation right now, because he's able to, you know, hey, they lost Alabama, but it's one loss and it's whatever, and all these different things. I mean, no, it, we would be discussing this team trying to hold it together against Arkansas next week. We would be talking about, you know, you know, this one set up a chance for to lose twice because of it. I mean, we would be doing all those kind of things. I mean, it it was it's a complete one eighty from a perception standpoint, and then probably also the standpoint of uh even how the team kind of reacts because now I mean look you always want to learn and build off wins instead of losses. That's much easier. And when you've got a team of transfers the way that Ole Miss does, anytime you can do that and you can get some adversity and fight through and, and keep building that 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 gas tank up of you know the reservoir of hey we, we we've dealt with this, we've been here, we've done all these different things, I mean, no, it, it's it, it makes for a completely different week, a completely different environment and a huge opportunity for Ole Miss on Saturday.
4: I agree. I mean, and now Georgia doesn't sound like a death sentence that it was that we thought in you know August or September. Like, I'm not saying it's a winnable game for Ole Miss, but is that, does that game feel remotely the same as it did when you saw it on the schedule in July?
2: No, it's winnable. I mean, look, I'm not saying Ole Miss is going to win. That is a difference. Georgia is going to be favored. Georgia still is a very, very good team. But 100% that game is winnable because if you put any, any, any scoring on them whatsoever – you can stress them out because I mean Carson Beck's only played well against UAB from a quarterback standpoint. Um, I, I think that remains the one game on the schedule where you go, "Whoa, I don't know." Once you got through this one, but at the same time, I mean, no, they're not. They're not the big gorilla that is completely unbeatable compared to what some other things too. I mean, again, I'm not saying Ole Miss is going to win. Ole Miss is not going to be favored in that game, but it is. It is it is less of a final game boss than it would have been in some different situations. Um, Cousin Greg say nine million a year has to win this kind of game, which is what made last weekend frustrating. Yeah, hundred percent. Now again, Lane, Lane Kiffin's salary. If I said winnable, not they're going to win it. That is a difference. People uh, like reading comprehension. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're not ready not, ready saying beat, not saying they're going to beat. Not saying they're going to beat them. That's not. That's not. That's not it. Um. Yeah, that's a good point too. They do have to cover Bowers with someone, and I don't know what the hell that's going to look like. But that's not a problem for today. That game's on November the 11th. Um, if Lane Kiffin beats the teams, he's he that he makes more money than their head coaches. Ole Miss goes eight and four. But at the same time, you're paying you're paying Lane Kiffin nine million dollars for the ability to beat the teams that are. Higher valued than him, that have more salary than him, that paying the coaches that have more money, all these things, and create moments like tonight. You're paying Lane Kiffin for fans to feel and experience and do the things they did tonight, and then you're you're paying him to beat teams he's supposed to beat. And outside of that ending last season, he's mostly beat teams he's supposed to beat. That's something that Lane is historically pretty good at as a head coach. There's no doubt about that. But no, I mean, yeah, you're you're, you're paying you're paying him a lot of money for tonight on belief tonight on reality of actually getting the win and on being able to come into the park every time and go, or the field every time and go, Hey, we got a shot tonight. It's all good. Um, we might not win, but we're going to scare the hell out of them. We're going to play well. We're going to score points and we're going to make it a fun atmosphere for the people that come to the stands. Because look, I-, I think that's something too is that we talk about this all the time. It's never been easier to stay home, to not go to the games, to watch on TV, Um, To not invest in the program, you don't know the players, all these different things. There's going to be more people than were actually at the game tonight that said they were at the game tonight. Because you had to be at the game to get that feeling and the whole juice of what, no pun or anything, that was around that atmosphere and that environment. And, you know, look, when you're watching this game on TV, yeah, sure, you're nervous and whatever, but you're not getting the nervousness and then the exhilaration when you win the game the way you do when you're in the stands with 65,000 people and you're all biting each other's fingernails and going through the thing. So it's games like not tonight, too, that next time they play a big team or they've got the big environment, you're more likely to go, you know what, they can win these games. I just saw them win one against LSU. I want to go experience that, and I want to go be in that environment just in case the magic happens.
4: Completely agree. You had to be there tonight to experience it. It kind of is what it is, and you're right. 66,000 were there, allegedly, according to the attendance, and there are probably about 100 that said they were there.
2: <laughs> uh, what, what's your guess? Seven, what's, what's the line next week against Arkansas? Man, I'm really bad at this. Jeffrey would be
4: much better than I would, but I would say between five and seven. I would, my, okay. my first thought was five and a half, but given the way Arkansas played today in the second half, I'll probably go to do a touchdown. I'll go Ole Miss minus seven. I think that's about right. They can't block.
2: Where do we think A&M is right now? A better
4: team than people probably think they are because of what...
2: I know happening. I said bite each other's fingernails. That was probably kind of stupid. I, I know I just like all the germaphobes in the, in the stream. Like I, I know I freaked you, you out to, to a, a level that's hand. hard to do what? You were advocating for people to bite each other's hands? I just said, yeah, you're in the stands and you're biting each other's fingernails. That was probably a strange... Uh, well,
4: who's your favorite sewer killer? Jeffrey Dahmer? Who's like, rank your
2: top five. <laughs> uh, Ted Bundy by and far number one. I, I've told people this, and it kind of like freaks them out a little bit. I, I I have like a lot of weird knowledge about Ted Bundy. It's a strange thing. I don't I don't know. The the stranger beside me is the best uh, true crime book ever written. It's Ann Rule's it's account this of is
4: on air. we're going to need monitoring, Jason at all times. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm a little
2: worried now. <laughs> it is it is a it it is it is Anne Rule's account of being friends with Ted Bundy, and that is uh, yeah. I'm just, just just saying, yes. Uh, so, hold on a minute. No, did Notre Dame just score to give Duke the ball back? Did they do the same thing? I don't have a TV
4: going. I paused it to do this interview. What happened there? What's the score? It's
2: 1914. Notre Dame is setting up for um, a two-point conversion, which is going to give Duke the ball back with 31 seconds left. Okay. What did you think of the decision tonight? Down 49-40, go
4: for two versus a field goal. What did you think? I get both sides of it for the record. When are you talking about? Help me out. Ole Miss is down 49-40. They score, and they can go down 47-49, or they can go for two and make it a one-score game. Ole Miss kicks the PAT.
2: What did you think of that math? Um... No, I was I fine with it because right. you're setting up a you're setting up a win with the field goal. Either way. Correct. And the reason
4: I agree yeah. with it was Ole Miss had not stopped LSU all night, but with five minutes left, I think the mindset was LSU, even if Ole Miss doesn't stop them, they're not gonna try to score. With five minutes left, they'll try to run out the clock. So that's why kinda why I agree with that. But there was a lot of chatter about that in the stands at the time, is why I asked.
2: Yeah, no. I mean, yeah. I mean, as clutch says, the field goal doesn't give you anything. Go for two. That's right. that, that's that's that that that's fine. I had no issue with that. Um. Yeah, Duke is probably not scoring with 31 seconds the way that LSU would be scary with neighbors and Daniel and those guys. I don't I don't think Riley Leonard is doing the uh, the same situation against that Notre Dame uh, that that Notre Dame defense. Would you have uh, run the ball three times and put Caden Davis out there for like a 35 yard field goal?
4: Given the way that game went, I think going
2: for the touchdown was
4: absolutely the right play. Hell, they needed every bit of it. They needed every bit of that touchdown versus the field goal difference. So I I cannot doubt Lane Kiffin and any decision making from that standpoint. I would have gone for it. I mean, the game was was almost at 110 points at that point. You got to get as many as you need.
2: Our next partner is Athletic Greens. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day. Give it a try, cause look, my diet's not perfect. Not always getting all the vitamins, nutrients, minerals that I need every day. And AG1 can help in that. Makes me feel better, like I'm doing something great for my body as well, because it empowers the gut for whole body health. It's much more than just a greens power powder. It's all of your key health products in one. Covering my nutritional basis for my day literally couldn't be any easier, which is why I trust Athletic Greens. I just mix one small small scoop of AG One with water, drink it first thing in the morning. Done, right there. I break my uh, kind of my fast overnight with AG One. It's a great routine and gets me on with my day. Also, like that, it costs less than three dollars a day. Pretty good, if you ask me. It's an effective daily habit with the highest quality source ingredients. It's a win-win. So, if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine. Give Athletic Greens. They're giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash mpw. That's athleticgreens.com slash mpw. Check it out. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. When it comes to options, honestly, more is more. That's why HelloFresh's menu includes 40 recipes and over 100 add-on items to choose from every single week. HelloFresh takes the stress out of mealtime by delivering fresh ingredients and easy recipes right to your doorstep. This fall, skip that extra trip to the grocery store and have dinner ready in no time with America's number one meal kit. The new season calls for new meals, and HelloFresh has a fresh fall lineup of delicious dinners and more to choose from. Take your pick from 40 weekly recipes that suit your lifestyle, from veggie to family-friendly, fit, wholesome, and much more. They make it easy. Recipes are easy to follow. Get mealtime done. I know it's hectic right now. I know a lot of stuff's going on, kids' activities. HelloFresh can help you out. So go to HelloFresh.com slash 50MPW and then use that code 50MPW for 50% off plus 15% off the next two months That's HelloFresh.com slash 50MPW and code 50MPW for 50% off, again, 15% even the next two months after that as well. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Fall is here, gentlemen. It's about to get busy during the holidays. Don't let that stop you from sticking to your habits being the best version of yourself. That's where our friends at Caldera Lab come in. They're the best in the skincare game with an easy routine. Keep your face looking pretty no matter your schedule, plus what's better than a gift up clear skin. Join the other 100,000 men who trust Caldera Lab to show your best self and first impression this fall. Plus, it's a great gift. Caldera Lab creates high-performance men's skincare products, and the regimen leads off their product lineup. A twice-a-day routine to transform your skin. The regimen includes three products: the Clean Slate, the Base Layer, the Good. The Clean Slate starts an injured day. It's a face wash that leaves all skin types refreshed. The Base Layer is your daily moisturizer to hydrate your skin and jumpstart your day full of confidence. And the good is your go-to multifunctional serum at night that helps your skin look tighter and smoother as well as reduce the visibility and wrinkles and fine line. They're the leader of uh, men's skin care. They're made only with top-tier ingredients. and In clinical trials, have found 94% of men's skin showed an overall younger-looking appearance after using Caldera Lab for just a few weeks. One minute morning and night is all it takes to reduce your wrinkles, fine lines, and signs of aging. And just for our audience, we have an exclusive deal – you're not beating this offer. Use mpw at calderalab.com, and it's 20% off right now. That's 20% off with code mpw at Caldera calderalab to make un- unforgettable first impressions with the best gift this holidays. Again, 20% off at calderalab with code mpw. Yeah. Agree or disagree, you would have kicked the field goal? You look like you might have kicked the field goal. No, I would have kicked the field goal. I, would, no, I, field goal. I, I mean, I would have told... I would have gotten a little I would have run the ball 3 times and if I could get him down to kicking like a 25 yard field goal I would have kicked the field goal because I would I think the odds are higher of hitting a 25 yard field goal than it is stopping them from from scoring or doing whatever at that point Okay, that's
4: fair. You're going to have to refresh me, though. Given the timeout situation LSU had, could Ole Miss have actually run it
2: out? To that yeah, yeah, that's point? what I'm saying, yes. You okay. had three plays, and they only had two timeouts. So you could have run it down, and you could have called timeout and stopped it with like five seconds left and kicked the field goal.
4: So that changes my answer, but hey, they won the game anyway, so I, I won't question them too much.
2: Yeah, just saying. I think that's. I, I think that would have been completely the play. That's what I would have done. I mean there's there there's a hundred percent truth to uh to that. Yeah, Kiffin wanted him to go down on the one. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah.
4: So I'm watching it live, haven't seen the T V replay back. So he was wanting him to go down and kick the field goal.
2: He didn't want the touchdown. Yeah, because I'm like I said it runs all their timeouts so let down and then you just go right. down and Yeah, one hundred percent. What was the Notre Dame Duke line? Did that just By cover wow, that close. Oh, so that just covered. What happened? Well, they're up twenty one fourteen with thirty-one seconds left. Yeah, that definitely did. Okay. That's what I thought. All right. I think Notre Dame's pretty good, honestly. Yeah, I do too. I don't I I don't I I don't have any I I, I think they just lost again. I mean they lost to a good Ohio State team. Now only having ten men on the field there for the last play is is something. That's that's <laughs> big math. But who's winning the SEC West? Do you think Alabama loses two more times?
4: I was talking to someone about this on the way home from the game. I think it's certainly more possible than it's been at any point in the last five years. And I don't even actually think Alabama is very good. But point me to two losses. What are the two losses, in your opinion, if you look at their schedule? LSU and Tennessee get some. LSU and the Iron Bowl gets weird. I don't know. I can Yeah,
2: can Auburn make it weird and beat Alabama?
4: Right, so I don't know how to point to the two losses. It's really less of a reflection of what I think Alabama is and more so of like, man, Ole Miss missed their opportunity and I'm not sure what's left. I don't mean to put a damper on the night and all that tonight, but I don't think Alabama's very good. But, man, that schedule is not as bad as you would think it would be.
2: So did Riley Leonard get hurt on this play?
4: I'm watching a pause screen. You're going to have to narrate it for me. Oh,
2: his leg got rolled up. Oh, Jesus. Is that one of his squeamish plays? Yeah, maybe. I, I don't want to look back up and see a replay. But, again, for people watching on the podcast, or watching the very last play of Duke-Notre Dame, or there's actually 18 seconds left. But, yeah, Raleigh Leonard was definitely rolled up here at this point. I think there's a tie for the SEC West title. Between who? I don't know. My point is nobody's winning this thing outright. This thing's about to be completely like – it's not going to be clean. What did you think of them honoring the 2003 team at halftime? I had no issue with it. No, no, no. I I, I think you're doing it for your fans. That team made a lot of people happy 20 years ago. You've got Eli. You've got P. Willie back in town. I I I just I'm kind of past the point of, I mean, unless you're doing something really dumb like you know auctioning off a Dak helmet during an Ole Miss game or letting Tuberville do a hottie totty on the screen, which has been done, I'm um, I'm good for just making your 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 fans happy, and that's what it does. I mean, I, we we said this on the podcast the other day, and it's worth repeating. Is between the foundation with Denson and Javon and with the M club with Jessica, they're doing such a damn good job of bringing players back and getting players involved and really rectifying something that was not good for a really long time outside of a, outside of a certain era. They've done a phenomenal job. Um, So anytime you can do that and get those guys back and around the program, it's a positive. I I have absolutely no problem with it whatsoever.
4: I don't really either. And I was mostly poking fun. I think what, To echo what you said, what Javon and Denson have done is incredible work that was so needed. But at the same time, when Ole Miss goes up 21-7 at one point in the first half, then all of a sudden they're surviving and barely up 31-28, and a team walks out on the field that's like, hey, you were a devastating loss to LSU away from winning the West. I'm not going to say I was the only one in the stadium
2: thinking, oh, man, this could get weird. I don't know what schedules are, so I have a hard time critiquing because I think you should do it if you can do it no matter when it is but in a perfect world I do it against A&M, not LSU 100% I'm not even critiquing them
4: for doing it I just thought it was a funny moment in the game where it's like man Ole Miss should have been up a whole lot more and all of a sudden Eli and David Cutcliffe were like 2003 co-champions Jonathan Nichols
2: It's it's so. it's I mean yeah I I I I get it I'm, um what are we flipping to now guys are we back on state Alabama is that the is that the play at this point
4: there is, but there's also a pretty good, if I'm not mistaken, uh, late night Pac-12 game, and I can't remember off the top of my head what it is. Is it Washington? There, it's Washington. Maybe it's Washington Arizona, and I just lied, and it's not a good game. But I swear I thought there was one more ranked matchup. I
2: could be. Yeah, I have I not be. heard from Neil yet. We're obviously not going to leave before he uh, he comes on, but I have not yet uh, seen him uh, him say anything. So we're we're still we're still waiting on that. Uh, we'll see. He got. Let me ask him what his ETA, ETA is, just for my own planning purposes. Again, y'all just hanging out. What are, uh, are you guys having? Victory drinks? What are we? Uh, what, how are we celebrating? Is it food? Is it alcohol? What's going on in the uh, in the stream, guys?
4: You asked him about the stream or the uh, the other side of the screen? Stream.
2: The stream. I mean, if you want to answer it too, feel free. But I was asking the peoples. I don't have a great answer. I'd love to see the stream.
4: Am I allowed to see the stream from this side of things? How do I get that kind of access? I have to be Chase Parham. What's what's up with this?
2: Um, yeah. You, well, you have to be logged into the MPW Digital YouTube account. Okay. But um, how am I trying to team up with Rose Bowl on Jeans Page? What am I doing?
4: Oh, um, Look into that a little more.
2: Um, alcohol, cold beer. Bourbon and Coke, all the alcohol. Mark, I understand that one. That makes sense. Sam Adams' Oktoberfest, okay? Not quite October, but we'll give you a pass. It's kind of like putting your Christmas decorations up before Halloween's over, but it's okay.
4: Or vice versa. I come home after Labor Day and MC's got pumpkins all over the house. I'm like, can we
2: cool it for a bit? I think that should be jailable offense. Neil is headed back up with the press box. The interviews just now ended. What does that tell you? Oh, that that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, just an up just an update here. He said he said that interviews for Ole Miss just now ended and he's headed back up with the press box. That the, told me the, that the, it took the, forever to get them off the field.
4: Okay. So nothing beyond that, you don't think the post game was anything special
2: or different than it normally
4: is? That's a long time.
2: I wouldn't think so. I mean, look, I'm messing with you guys. Like, I'm I'm mostly trying to work up some uh, work up some frustration from people who've uh, already put their decorations up for different holidays. It's okay. I'm 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 clowning around a little bit, and it's okay. Y'all, y'all don't hate
4: it. Do what? People are mad about that.
2: Well, I mean, you know, I mean, there are some people probably that you know did some things, and I've, you know, picking fun a little bit. It's uh, it's all right. It's no big deal. Yeah, I'm wondering how many people they gave from an interview standpoint. That might have been part of it too, is they might have brought 10 people. It might not have been two or three. It's a home game, everybody's around.
4: That or you and Neil ask a question, the TV guy asked it five minutes later in the exact same way. That usually speeds up the process.
2: Yeah, I think so. So anyway, we'll uh we'll get him in a uh in a second when we get that. Brian, appreciate it though. Thanks for hanging out a little bit. Sounds good. Talk to you next week. All right. Ryan Rippey joining me there. Yeah, I'm just like I said, I'm playing around. Y'all are all in a good mood, so it's uh, it's all good. Again, uh, just kind of recapping a little bit here. I think Neil will be here in a second. The way I understood it, again, Jackson Dart, 26 of 39, 389, four touchdowns today. Um, tonight, I, I you guys have been really blessed with gutsy quarterback play the last uh, the last few years in a way that you can really get behind the guys and they could be your quarterback. I mean, what Corral did at times. And then Jackson dart, you know, dart, not sliding. He kind of gets catapulted there at one point. Um, did so many things with his feet. He, uh, he, 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 he impressed. I mean, I, I'm kind of a, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sort of a, a dart stand a little bit for a lot of times. And uh, he, he really impressed me today. I mean, he, and that entire offense did so many good things. Um, the, uh, I mean, it's, it's obviously a good story. Somebody asking about the bear behind me in the screen. That was, uh, that was Clark's, uh, my son who passed away and, uh, in 2015, um, I keep that, that was from the, uh, the NICU there. So I keep his, his bear behind me. Um, that's what that is. So yeah, I mean, no, I've, uh, I can talk about it a lot better now than I used to could. Um, so all good. Yeah. I don't mind, uh, explaining that what, uh, whatsoever there. Yeah, I think uh, I think Neil will be back in a second. He was he was walking back up. It takes a minute to kind of get around a little bit. Um, yeah, Ole Miss gave up no sacks. I mean, Brett, that's a, that's a really good point that I still think is is a is a positive that is just isn't talked about enough. Is Dart's ability? You know, he that they let the play keep running there. Um, they let the play keep running there when he got the ball to Judkins. And he kind of went around the end and did all that stuff, but you know it's um, uh, a really, 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 really good job of him today to avoid so many different troubles in all those different ways. Uh, let's see, Stanton, thanks for the uh, the super chat. He says, uh, "Does not does tonight after your idea of Ole Miss year and change the year in win total? What scenario would have to play out for Ole Miss to win the West?" Um let's see. Does it change the win total? Ole Miss has a golden opportunity based off what I see from other teams to this point. Um, I think it does change my win total. I think I'm... As long as Ole Miss stays healthy. I mean, that's the caveat for any team. There's there's no doubt about that. Um, If... They stay healthy to an extent that makes sense. I think um, I think nine and three. So I probably give them a game. I think I had them at like eight and four um, before this, something like that. Seven and a half wins. I think I think I'm up, up closer to like eight and a half now from from that standpoint. So somewhere in there, uh, what would have to win the West? Well, obviously, if they win out, Alabama could lose. I mean, I, again, I, I get that. You're asking not. You're asking how not not. When that's going to happen or how that's going to happen? Look, A and M can beat Bama. A um, and M can go on a run. You know, look, sure, Ole Miss can lose to Arkansas next week. You're just saying if you told me to kind of predict it and what's going on, that's kind of where I would have It, it is 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 in that spot. Okay, Neil's calling, so let me get to uh, get to him. Let's see. Okay, he walked out for a second, so he'll be back in a uh in a second to uh to join us. Let me see if I can actually get him in the picture. Give me one second to uh to work on that for a second while he's he's uh he's coming back. Yeah, he he said he would be right back in uh in one second, so that's no uh that's no problem at all. We'll uh we'll get that. I'm gonna switch around the screen a little bit just to uh, try to uh, try to fit him in here again he'll be back in uh, in one second yeah he said he just needs a minute yeah no I'm again I wasn't trying to bring the mood down I mean just ask again I don't mind uh, I don't mind discussing it so it's all it's all good there But also, we let's see. We, Tennessee is over now, so they've won. State we got state and Alabama. We got that West Coast game with uh, with Washington here as uh, as well. Yeah, no. Look, I mean, sure. There's coin flips. I mean, look, they could still win. How many ever they could lose. However, I mean, they could lose to Arkansas. They could lose to Auburn. They could lose to Georgia. They could lose a And Those are all wow. losable games. But. This offense, when it's healthy, is very, very good. And that's going to carry some wins. And, I mean, again, there at the end, you got to think the defense grew up to what extent they did. So, that that matters as well. Um, your audio is live, Neil, so just
3: FYI there. Okay. Okay. How are you? Um, I'm good. Good. So hope when the seem,
2: Wi-Fi holds up in here. Sorry. You seem a little, uh, little frazzled.
3: It was a long it was a long post game and because of questions or they were late getting there No no just questions there was a lot of repetitive questions just kind of goes on and on and on. People ask questions because I think they need to hear themselves ask questions. but we got there we had uh, we had Kippen and then um, um Quinchon Judkins, uh, Trey Harris and Jackson Dart so it was just offensive guys.
2: So, we'll get to what they said um, in a second, but kind of take me through your thoughts, those final five, how many ever minutes. I mean, you know, Jeffrey and I, Brian and I talked about it. Ole Miss had so many chances, especially after they get the questionable call in the end zone, on the touchdown, all those different things. They, they, They get that opportunity to kind of applaud themselves and quit at the same time. And to come back, you score, you get the stop, you score, you get the stop, and kind of hang in there. It speaks to everything Lane Kiffin has talked about that maybe this team is different than last season.
3: Yeah, it's the story I'm going to write when I get home and, and sit down and transcribe and, and write a little bit. I've got a column up already at rebelgrove.com but, um, that has a little bit of Kiffin game in it, but I haven't had a chance to sit down and compose it. I, I thought the the critical moment of the game critical moments of the game kind of started with like eight and a half minutes left um you know Ole Miss was down a couple of scores and um w- you know I, maybe I have my I've got it to- no that's exactly
2: right that touchdown happened okay. to put Ole Miss down nine with like 834 to
3: go yeah yeah and they they went for it right and I mean well they they'd gone for two they went for fourth and five didn't get it paid for it and it showed you in that moment you know that Kiffin was already thinking hey I don't think the defense can can stop them we're going to have to keep scoring it was, it was like he referred to it as the covid defense in 2020 when they couldn't stop anybody and you just had to keep going and so in that moment I mean I kind of thought well this is th- this is the most pivotal drive of the season because if you don't score here and you punt it back to LSU or turn it over or whatever you, you might not get it back or by the time you get it back it might be completely out of reach because I mean they're rolling up offense and, and Daniels was playing with so much confidence and um, they drove I got it here in front of me uh, 65 yards 10 plays 3 minutes 18 seconds I thought that was just crucial and they get it to 49 47 and and then to get the stop and get the ball back um again I mean there was kind of nothing that would indicate hey they're going to get a big stop here and not only a stop but a quick stop you know to to get it back to the to the offense in time to to do something with it and then obviously the final drive was the stuff that people will remember for a, a long long time but I think the drive before the final drive was the, the the super important one. It's the one that I'm going to write about tonight. Is you you're down nine points. You had to get you you had to get a score. And Lane said he felt like they had to get a touchdown. A field goal wasn't going to you know do much for them because they didn't feel confident that they were going to force another turnover or anything like that. And um, thought so it was huge. Yeah, it says it says a lot about how different this team is because it would have been easy. would have been easy at eight and a half minutes to go, you know, it's not our night. Uh, We can't stop them, point some fingers, uh, do the officiating thing, all that stuff. It would have been super easy to do that. And you'd still wake up tomorrow with the first day of October and your title hopes would have been dashed. And it would have been really kind of hard to keep going, I think, a little bit when the, the adrenaline wore off. And instead, I just thought they showed a lot of perseverance, a lot of grit. A lot of metal, M E T T L E, not metal. Um, I, I just thought they showed a lot of that. I, I don't know that last year's team had that as much because last year's team, when things kind of started to go south, they typically stayed south. Um, and, and these guys, they, to a man, they talked about how disappointed in themselves they were after the Alabama game. They took all the criticism personally, had a great week of practice. Um, they knew they were going to be in for a, a fight tonight. They knew LSU was going to score points. Uh, like Lane said, again, this is Kiffin talking, not me. Uh, he said it's it's the um, probably the the best assemblage of offensive personnel in the country, and he knew they would give them fits, and they did. Um, in LSU six hundred and thirty some odd yards of offense. Um, And I guess to overcome all that, I I just think it speaks volumes about how different a team this is. Jackson Dart talked about it just a few minutes ago. I don't have the exact quote in front of me. I'll have to go look for it when I get a chance to sit down and transcribe it. But he says, this team's different. He said, it's one of those things that's hard to explain, but this team's different. And maybe you kind of saw that tonight. So I guess first, let's do
2: this, because so far it's two to one on what you would have done. Would you have taken knees and kicked the game-winning field goal in the last play, or would you uh, run a play to score a touchdown? Yeah, if you read my
3: column, I know you haven't had a chance yet. You'll know I that Lane not. wanted to. Yeah, Lane got that signal in a second late. I was watching Lane. Trey Harris was running right at me. I was standing in that end zone, and I saw Lane drop to a knee, and I knew that wasn't like emotion. That was, oh, shit. <laughs> um, we, we gave them the ball back. Yeah, he was he was trying to get him to go down at the one, make LSU burn their timeouts, and then kick the field goal, kick an extra point to win the game. Yeah, actually, would have been shorter than an extra point, but they did not get that signal in, so Trey didn't have that signal. They didn't know that, so he scored, and obviously, you know, Lane looked up and said, "Damn!" and because that put Ole Miss up four, and they were going to throw it on the two point play, and Lane realized. The math. That's why they called timeout right there to change the play to a run because it didn't really matter whether they got it or not. I mean LSU was probably going to make the extra point had they scored, right? So um, that that's what all that was about. Yeah, I would have absolutely set up for the field goal and and tried to win the game the way that the defense was struggling. And sure enough, I mean LSU was like boom boom and they're down at the 16 yard line or whatever. And you know, with a couple of timeouts and two or three shots at the end zone with with uh, Malik Neighbors and and Thomas and all those cats running around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's – you probably didn't – that's probably not what you drew up. But, you know, Lane said something pretty uh, poignant, I thought. He said uh, maybe it all kind of works out for a reason because the defense got to stop. And maybe that will build their confidence because obviously they didn't play well and they've got to get better. But maybe that is something they can build on for, um, you know, down the road at some point.
2: Well, I mean, in some ways it played into, you know, look, he had that parable up all week all over the building and it was no matter what happens, maybe something good happens. You don't know what that's going to mean. Something bad happens. You don't know what that's going to mean. Just keep coming. And in a lot of ways, the game tonight exemplified that in so many different ways that they, they, they did. They just kind of, you know, good fortune was followed by bad and bad to good. And the whole deal there is that, is sure. that play? Is that is that deal played out? Um, when did you go down to the field, and what was sort of the the environment of the atmosphere? As all that stuff is going on, bad and good, those final
3: few minutes. Uh, I went down right as Dart was scoring the one yard run. They got it down to the one, and I said, "I'm going to roll the dice here." While everybody else is in the uh, in the press box watching, I'm going to go grab an elevator. And so I got down. By the time I got down. Ole Miss obviously had scored and had kicked off, and LSU had the ball, um, and it was electric. I've covered a lot of games here. Uh, I've covered some big games here. I don't know. I don't know that I've ever heard it any louder. I mean, it reminded me of uh, of Alabama fourteen. Um, I'm sure there's another game I'm forgetting at, at this very moment, but. It it felt like that. It was it was electric. It was really, really loud. The crowd and it was the first thing Lane said today was he thanked the crowd. He he said I've been hard on a lot of people. I've been hard on the fans and they they made a difference today. And there's no doubt, in my mind at least, that the noise in that end zone was one of the reasons that a couple of LSU linemen jumped at the sixteen. And there's a big difference, Chase, between the sixteen and the twenty-six when you're trying to score on one play a big difference in those 10 yards
2: I can't say that I didn't do a little quick math in my head and go oh hell is it 25 yards just for the uh the fun of it here as (laughs) as Ole Miss has had one of those before I kind of went oh 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 okay um I've spent a good bit of the show doing this but and I know the offense as a whole but I've I've centered a lot of this conversation around Jackson Dart and his ability to move in the pocket, his ability to make throws. I mean, he had a you know he had a couple misses, but he's just a damn competitor. He did so many things right tonight. I mean he he has taken over this team and taken a step and protected the football and shown so much maturity. I, I don't know if we necessarily have the words to kind of what what he did tonight to win this football game.
3: He was he was amazing look at his quarterback rating in on a day when he had to be amazing he had to be really perfect because Daniels was too um, they, they both were they both were elite i mean I'm sure there's a lot of criticism of both defenses tonight and that's that's that comes with the territory but the two quarterbacks were awfully awfully good and um I, I just thought Jackson was fantastic. I, I've kind of thought he was fantastic all year. I, I thought he was good against Alabama. They just didn't have a very good plan, and Alabama played them really well, and it didn't work out. And, and quarterbacks get criticism, but and then here, look, a lot of credit has to go to Ole Miss's offensive line. Uh, there was a lot of criticism last week, and deservedly so. But today, they really kept him clean. Uh, there were only a couple of times, really, that that um, you know he got hit. One on that. Or really, really got pressured. One on the uh, the ball that got batted down on the fourth and five. That was just good pressure off the edge. It was a good play call from LSU. Um, but they they played really well up front. Uh, Judkins had clearly his best game in a long time in an Ole Miss uniform. Uh, I thought Priestcorn was was uh, impactful both as a blocker and a pass catcher. Um, you had the big play to Watkins. Uh, just a bunch of guys stepped up. They had to. Again, when the other team is putting up 630-whatever yards it is, mm-hmm. if I'm off a few, I'm sorry, um, you you don't have a lot of margin for error offensively. Uh, when the other team scores 49 points, you don't have a lot of margin for error offensively, and, and there wasn't much error. They That was no sacks, no turnovers, 55 points. That's speaks volumes the
2: swing that this game does because that ball in the end zone they don't come back i mean we're we're talking about how do you get back up next week for arkansas and you expend the effort and you know is the crowd going to be a little sleepy and all those things that could have been going on and instead i mean i said this half an hour ago you're gonna you're, you're gonna get a juice zoo next saturday for arkansas and the ability to go Five and one at the turn with an off week and the whole Hugh Freeze thing. I mean, it it, it turns everything into opportunities now because you're still very much alive in your goals.
3: Yeah, for sure. Um, That was kind of what I wrote about. Is and the other thing is, I mean, look. Obviously, if they're going to do some eleven and one kind of season, they got to get better on on defense. Period. Period. They got to figure some things out. They got to get better at. Yeah, it's the best offense they'll face all year, but still. I mean, they gave up 500 yards basically to Georgia Tech. You know what I mean? I mean, there's there's no, there's no spinning the fact that defensively they have a myriad of issues. But now they have a little bit of time to work at it. Uh, they're going up against an Arkansas offense that's pretty beaten up. Arkansas lost a critical player uh, on their offense today in the first first possession of, of their game. Uh, they weren't the same offense without having that tight end as a weapon. Ole Miss can relate. Obviously, when they didn't have a tight end, their offense mm-hmm. was pretty stagnant. It um, tells you that probably the going rate for, for tight ends now um, out of high school and out of the portals is going to be pretty big. Um, <laughs> you know. But uh, they should handle them pretty easily. Uh, defensively, Arkansas is just not good. Then they get an open date, and then they go to Auburn. Auburn's not a good offensive team. I know they gave Georgia a, a great game today. And then they get Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's just not a good team at all. So you have some time to fix some things and – you know, there's a two game swing now coming that, God, it looms huge if, if it goes the way I think it's going to go. You play a really good, solid. I mean, we all do the Texas AM jokes get it out of your system. The way their front plays the last couple of games, they're, they're, they're a It's been they're right real. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Johnson's a good quarterback. They've got some weapons, they use weapons, they, they, they are very good in special teams. Texas A and M's for real. They're going to give Alabama all they want next week, I think. And then, obviously oh, is that Georgia. next week? Okay, I, I think that's next that. week. And okay. then, um, and then Georgia. You know, we're getting ahead of ourselves. If you go, well, Georgia suddenly is whatever. But <laughs> Georgia's no longer. They're no longer this offensive juggernaut. They're defensively they're very very good, and and, and Bowers is a terrific tight end. Um, maybe that's a theme. Um, but, you know, there's nothing about their offense that's intimidating. And so, it, who knows, man. Maybe it's all going to be there in front of them to have like one of these kind of magical runs. They've, they've got some time. And had they not won the night, you know, you wouldn't have any of that to play for. Maybe you still mm-hmm. go on some roll and you still roll through the games I just mentioned. But it wouldn't be with the same enthusiasm. You would have to muster – some enthusiasm and you would be the defense. We would be talking about the defense instead of talking about what they accomplished. We would be talking about how defensively they just got sliced and diced and the whole deal. And so the fact that we, you know, are having that conversation and they can have that conversation tomorrow. They can watch a defensive film. It won't be fun probably, but they can watch it coming off of a win and let it be a learning experience knowing that they have some time before they, it's going to be a minute before they f- face a, a balanced offense. Frankly, it's going to be Texas A and M before they face a balanced offense again. So they've got some time to fix some things and figure some things out from a personnel standpoint. They've got to get better linebacker play. Um, they've got to find a way to get more pressure on the quarterback. That's been a problem all year. And I think they have some speed issues in the middle of the field a little bit mm-hmm. that, that exploit. Um, but again, they, they now they have some time to do it. And I mean, all of their goals are still pretty much in front of them and they'll have to have some help against Alabama. They need this LSU team to beat Alabama. They need Texas A&M to beat Alabama, but but other than that, I mean they they control their own destiny and I'm sure they can still tell themselves in their room, "Hey, we go 11 and 1. Good things might happen. And 11 and 1's still on the table. It's on the table till it's not." And look, the script is the
2: one that flipped now for LSU because that's two losses. There's no playoff. There's no national title. There's none of that stuff. There's, at best, a dogfight in the SEC West for whatever that's got going on. I mean, he, he, he's going to have a bit of work to do to kind of keep them together right now from not dropping yeah. a few more and letting that turn into whatever it turns into. Agree
3: completely. Yeah, I, I mean, mean and you have you have all of those weapons on offense and, and you look up and you've already got two losses and the calendar's just now turning to October. That has to, be, that has to be pretty sobering, I would think, for them.
2: Bentley has turned into a really clear weapon there to go along with Judkins. I mean, his, his first-step cuts are as good as you've seen. Um, he is quick he uh showed you that I mean, maybe he was just banged up for a lot of last year I know he's changed the weight around a little bit whatnot but I mean he he added a dimension there that even when when kind of c- couldn't get untracked a little bit I mean he completely separated that thing and gave him a run game
3: yeah I mean he goes for uh 90 yards on nine carries today scores a touchdown and more importantly in that third quarter when Judkins had to get an IV um, he stepped in and had some big runs when again they, they they couldn't have serve broken. You know what I mean? I mean, they had to keep controlling serve. And uh, Quinchon's got a needle in his arm getting getting fluids, and, and he stepped in and was huge in those moments. Quinchon gets 33 carries. That's one less than he had last year at Texas A&M. I mean, they rode him hard today. Yeah,
2: Jay Young, thanks for Super Chat, says, uh, can we just say LSU has probably the best offense in the country? Three of those touchdown throws were indefensible. Not many teams are stopping that offense. Yeah, no, look, sure. I mean, when Daniels really said.
3: gets locked in, it just is what it is. It's what Kiffin said. Man, they've got champagne glasses up here, and I can't find any champagne. I guess it would probably are look Are you bad in a suite? I'm in a suite. It would probably look bad if I went through one of the refrigerators to look <laughs> for some champagne. <laughs> Thought about it. I don't know. They that might be in a good weird. enough mood tonight to not give a crap. No, I'm probably the one person that would get in trouble for doing it. so <laughs> Maybe Alabama up on, on they'll, Mississippi they'll give me State. A bottle as a, they'll give me a bottle as a parting gift at some point.
2: Alabama up 34-17 on the Bulldogs. That's not a cover yet. 14-and-a-half, um, I think, is that line, if I have that right. So It's been a weird game. I know you hadn't watched went, it.
3: but I went 5-0 and on my uh, uh, college picks on my little deal with Tyler. Did you really? I did. I, I didn't get my money line, but I got I got all five games right. Are,
2: are we just at the point now where Trey Harris does make that much of a damn difference?
3: Yeah, I think he does. You know, because like, Franklin really didn't play much tonight. I'm uh-huh. not sure he played at all. He got one um, catch. Okay. Um, yeah, no, Harris is critical. For me. And I think he's he and Prescorn are the two guys that maybe Jackson looks for the most. I know Watkins had the big catch, and Wade's Wade's a big part of their offense, but I think when he needs a big moment, I think I think he likes having Trey there. That's kind of his guy. And, man, he does a lot of things physically that just some of the other guys can't physically do.
2: It allows Watkins to be that number two guy, which is what we keep talking about, that you just yeah. really can let it run and roll and, 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 and kind of get, get there. We've um, kind of covered it. I've talked to you, Jeffrey, now, Brian as well. Um parting thought going into the week I mean we're gonna we're gonna turn the we'll talk about this on Monday we'll turn the page to Arkansas obviously but uh oh 34 oh it is a cover never mind I'm I didn't look it take it took me three times to pass college algebra okay guys so it takes me a what was that times. line uh 14 and a half I'm just a oh, moron. Yeah. so yeah we're okay. good um am it's 1036 and you're making me do math I don't know what the hell is going on uh I've already had to admit on the show tonight Ted Bundy's my favorite serial killer which is a strange sentence. So yeah, we've had a we've, we've had a night. Uh, yeah, that's what they said too. <laughs> Uh, what, what's what's the theme of the week? I mean, simply just them consolidating this and not letting it bite you. Because I mean, you know, you look in the past and it's some of what Ole Miss has done at times in in their program since you and I have been together, is you get the huge win and then boom, you know what I mean? You kind of you kind of give it back. They need to not give yeah. it back. They need to get Arkansas next week.
3: I mean, I don't know that it's realistic to go, hey, let's match the emotional level of the LSU game next week. I don't I don't know that that's real. But it, I think it's be consistent. It's uh, it's continue to establish a running game. It's continue to be balanced on offense. It's critical that this offense is balanced. You saw it balanced today, and you saw what it looks like when it is balanced. And then, you know, I think defensively, it's just you don't have time to celebrate anything defensively. I mean, you've got to fix some stuff. And um, I, I think Arkansas presents a, a, a get-well opportunity defensively a little bit. Um, they're not good up front. Uh, they, they've they've lost three in a row now. Uh, they again they lost their, their freshman tight end that was really impactful for them. So it's probably an opportunity to get well and build some confidence going into an open date and figure some things out. And um, you know, I, I think the one thing they can't do is you can't you can't let uh, Arkansas get their running game going where they control clock and. Um, shorten the game, because if you're Arkansas, that's your only hope, is that you shorten the game and you maybe force a mistake or two, but they're not good defensively. They're not good up front on offense. I don't don't think it's going to be that. I think it's going to be one of those deals where Ole Miss just has to show up and sort of take care of its business and, and learn how to win a big game, if you will, without all of the emotion that you had today. And then go into an open date and get ready for what will be a it's a long way away, thank goodness. But um, you know, going to be an emotional game at Auburn, where you know what you know what you're going to get that day. Was
2: Heath injury related, or was that something else?
3: He left to go to the to the locker room, and then he came back, and I don't think he played. But so I don't know whether he got injured or whether he got sick, or I don't know. What time are you getting up to watch the Ryder Cup? Like four fifty-five, something like that for Sunday singles. No, I anticipate I will be riding until about one in the morning. Um, yeah, so I, I, sus- I suspect I will miss. I will miss the Ryder Cup. I couldn't tell you the score of the Ryder Cup right now if you put a gun to my head. Europe is winning in blowout fashion. Oh, I saw where Rory was pissed off at somebody, but I didn't. He's mad at a caddy. Oh. Okay. That's about
2: as angry as golf gets. As you got you, you you got a caddy and Rory yelling at one another in the car park there in Rome.
3: Well, that is somewhat caddy on his part. Uh, pardon the <laughs> pun. <point. laughs>
2: yeah, the caddy got in his way and messed up his process, and we we're still mad about it a couple of hours later. So. Yeah. Anyway, know, it's, it's probably not why I lost. Yeah. All right. Get out of there. Appreciate it.
3: All right. See you. All right.
2: No McCready there, obviously. Uh, on the show. Give me one second to get me back uh, the way it needs to be. Away from classic. Why sixteen nine? There we go. All right. Kind of had to edit that on the fly. Yet Ole Miss fifty-five, LSU forty-nine. You guys have been uh, outstanding tonight. Hope you enjoy. Uh, your victory, your week, just a crazy game. Like I said, I kind of yelled out loud a couple times there in the last five minutes myself over plays or something that seemed uh, impossible that was happening there in front of us. As old Miss goes for over 700 yards, 706, dark throwing for 389, Judkins and Bentley and rushing for 317, and then Daniels and OSU uh, doing it as well. And then look, the defense again, getting those two huge stops to set up the game winner and then the stop to end at 55-49. Ole Miss 4-1. and They knock off the LSU Tigers. Crazy game in Oxford here for that. Dead Soxie, uh, as always, thank them for uh – Helping us out—that's code Rebel Grove, twenty-five percent off with DeadSoxy.com. So get your socks. You can uh, you can help us with some NIL packages, get your subscriptions, all those different things there with DeadSoxy. So again, twenty-five percent off with DeadSoxy.com and more. And we will uh, be back next week for post-game shows. Old Miss and Arkansas, six thirty, from Bartowney Way Stadium